0: Aloha everyone and welcome back to the show. Super excited to have you here. I am beyond excited, beyond honored. I met this woman, geez, it's been a year ago now. We became fast friends on Clubhouse. I want to introduce you all to Courtney Frick. Courtney, welcome. Pili, really, it is
1: such an honor. The honor is mine. Um, I We have vibed from day one, and so I'm mm-hmm. so
0: glad to, to be with you here today, and yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So Courtney has been investing since 2015 and has since flipped or owned over 100 properties in the greater New Orleans area. Since her start, she has flipped, held rentals, wholesale developed, bought and sold with owner financing, and handled complex title issues. Before taking the leap to work full-time for herself investing, her background was in nonprofit work and then in commercial property management, where she created and executed the management plan for the turnaround of a hundred-plus unit marina to prepare to prepare the asset for sale. As founder of the North Shore Real Estate Investors Association and co-host of the WWL's Home Improvement Radio Show. She cares about solving the real estate problems of our community through education for the public and within the industry. Again, welcome, Courtney. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. My absolute pleasure to be here. So I have heard your Genesis story many times because we have spent hours conversing on Clubhouse. But I want you to tell my audience, how did you get started in real estate and why real estate?
1: Absolutely. So, so as you heard in my bio, my background's in nonprofit work. Um, I actually moved back into the country in, um, geez, I'm end of 2013. And, um, as a young millennial, you know, I'd moved back in with my, in my mother's house, um, having just moved back in from living overseas, working for a nonprofit there. And i had stumbled into some part-time jobs. Um, just getting some state, you know, get my feet back underneath me. I was still waiting for my stuff to arrive from overseas, like that type of season of life. Um, and I'd worked up to being a, um, you know, assistant manager at the part-time jobs I was at. And one of the employees there said, hey, Courtney, I think you'd be a good fit for the the job I'm leaving. And in, in accepting the job that he was leaving, I found myself in the real estate industry. So it was a full-time salaried position with benefits of, I was a, I was a property manager for, it was an apartment complex corporation owned a marina and he was leaving as the assistant manager. And he was like, Hey, I think you'd be a good fit. This is obviously benefits, salary, all of those things. And so having just gotten back, I'm trying to get my feet underneath myself. I said, sure. Like, so I took it. Um, but I asked him, I said, you know, shoot straight with me. What's the downsides of this job? And he said, it's the manager that you're the assistant to. Um, you know, he's from you know, New York. So he's a little bit rougher around the edges. And he also has cancer. So like there's one day a week he doesn't come in. And you sometimes after his radiation, you have to help him up the steps into the office. Like, I was like, OK, OK, like that's reality. And day one, I mentioned it was in a marina owned by an apartment complex corporation out of California. Um, so the regional director came in to come do my HR paperwork with me and like my initial training. And it was the day that the manager was going to, to, to go get his radiation on Mondays. He went and got radiation. I remember the look on the guy's face when he got the phone call that the radiation, um, had taken a turn and his, uh, the manager had responded negatively to it. And by the end of the day, the manager passed away on my very first day on the job. And the rest was kind of history from there. He kind of just looked at me. He's like, all right, he's like, all right, kiddo, you're gonna have to figure this one out because this is the only Marina in our apartment of, of, in our apartment portfolio. And you're just going to have to figure it out because my game plan for training you was that guy. <laughs> like, um, so I was like, all right, um, <laughs> immediately bumped up to manager. You know, a raise on day one. I don't know who can say they got that before, but um, nope. not really earned, <laughs> not really earned. Uh, but over time, I did earn it. Um, so I just having you know in my blood this concept of I want to leave a place better than I found it. I just got to work, um, and day one that property was forty um, percent occupied out of one hundred and five units. Um, these slips and. It had one-star reviews on every website that mattered. Um, so it was a failing operation in many ways. So um, I just got to work figuring it out, reading all the paperwork, reading past emails, you know, just trying to figure it out. And within two years, I got it 100% occupied. I built in some additional streams of um, revenue for the company. And I, and I grew it from one-star to five-star reviews on all the, the sites that matter Um, and to the point that the president of the corporation came out from California and was like, you know, what are you doing? Um, you know, who is this, you know, what are they doing? And they eventually put the asset up for sale. And so, so that's kind of what got me into the real estate industry. So I was a W2 employee in the real estate industry. And during that time, I had two mentors, um, who were, who were actual tenants at the Marina. Uh, one was a landlord and the other one, was a business acquisitions manager and uh, for BP oil, he had just retired and uh, he had came up to me and he said, Courtney, you don't understand what you just did for this company. And uh, I eventually learned that what I just did is a skill set Many tried to acquire. Um, So that, that was, that was my um, really my introduction to the real estate industry, to leasing, to evictions, to collecting rent, you know, things like that, property management. Uh, And it was during that time I bought, while I worked at that marina, I bought my first single family. Um, And the amount of equity that I captured by buying a fixed rubber um, was more than I got paid my entire year in a salary. And I was like,
0: how can I do this again and again? So then the bug bit me and the rest is kind of history. I love your genesis story like no other. So for my listeners, I would I would suggest you listen to that again because you got all this education and because of who you are, you were, you were be able, you were able to reposition that asset for the company because without you they would not have been able to sell that asset when you had first started. You said it was 30% occupied yeah it was forty percent s- and they
1: had tried multiple times to sell it and,
0: and you failed. made it, so they were able to sell it a few years later. But the thing is, you were working for them, so did you recoup from that? Did you get the the i guess the um the return on investment that maybe their investors got or any of the owners got so that is a great question um no. <laughs>
1: Uh, My, so, okay. So my, my salary barely trickled up. Um, And for someone who had to clean out their predecessor's office, I got to see his pay stubs. And after 15 years of working there, I saw what he was paid 15 years later. Um, And, you know, they weren't any, they weren't interested in uh, getting me to his level anytime soon. Um, But long story short, That's when I realized the biggest thing I took away from that wasn't an income or any type of um, allocation
0: or anything like that. It was a skill set. That's actually what what I was getting to. So even though you weren't necessarily paid what you probably should have been paid, because, again, for anybody that's listening to this, team members are key Had you been my property manager back then and I saw you do what you did, you would have become a partner in my business, not somebody I would have let go. Unfortunately, that company did not see that, or maybe fortunately, because it enabled you to start up on your own. And you realize that by just by getting a single family residence, a fixer upper, you were able to make more than what you are already making. So let's start there. This is your jump into real estate as an entrepreneur, as a, as a single family provider. Let us know how your story moves on from that point.
1: Sure, so I had, I had bought my first single family property because I was limited. I just, all I thought was, well, I only have access to X, Y, Z money. Um, I took the big project I just worked on, right? Uh, 105 units, um, Multiple year project, you know, and I went directly into a, a small single family condo, right, as my first project uh, because my mindset was limited and my skill set was limited because I thought that, you know, I had to source the money, this, that, and the other. Um, and so over time, I improved two things. I improved, I worked diligently to improve my mindset about real estate, and I worked diligently to improve my skill set. Um, and it took me years of working in single family, um, to, to be able to eventually work into commercial and multifamily. I know we'll talk about that eventually, but, um, but over the time I started off and I still limited myself. Um, I eventually gave my two weeks notice at the Marina after working there for about four years. And it was when they had, you know, sold the asset. I agreed to, to, to basically transition out, um, And I went into real estate full time. I started off flipping and then I added in wholesaling to supplement my income as well. Um, but then I realized really quickly that the only reason I was really doing that, not because I loved it, but because number one, I thought that was the main thing to do. Um, when you needed a salary, right? I had just left a job. So I needed to put through the table a salary, things like that. Um, But but I was limited. So I had to eventually continue to up my game to get access to more capital so I could do more deals. And I've now done, um, you know, 150 plus deals since then on a various um, different types of, you know, strategies as far as either buying or selling strategies. And then secondly, um, various different types of asset classes. And so it has been a baptism by fire since then.
0: Um, And but I'm but I'm, I'm so thankful for it. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that fire that happened to you. Let's hit on because you mentioned skill set and mindset. And for any of my listeners here, you know I love to talk about that mindset piece. So we're going to start with skill set. What did you have to do to get the skill set needed to jump from being a property manager of 105 units commercial property that you repositioned and you created the team for? to you went to the single family, you said you did single family because your mindset was limited. Um, I'm actually going to challenge that. Maybe it wasn't so much limited because you were limiting yourself. It was just where you needed to be. So what did you need to do to expand and become who you are today to go from that single family? Because I know I have a lot of listeners who are in this position who are just like in the, I don't want to call it a rat race, but in the Transactional feel of flipping and wholesaling. They're in that mindset that that's how they need to be. How did you transition into the skill set needed? And then let's jump into the mindset piece.
1: Sure. So, um, a lot of your demand, right? Um, necessity is the, the mother of innovation, right? Um, so, the necessity part was I was hitting the wall with capital. Um, so, I started in single family that was sub 100,000, right? I live down in the New Orleans area, so uh, down in the south, you can you can find deals, right? Um, because I had a line, of, I started off using a home equity line of credit against my primary residence, and it was one of those things where I was like, I only had access to so much money, so I was only doing the deals that I could afford the purchase and the renovation, right? That was the box I was pitting it in. So skill set wise, I I was also limited to only doing you know, most of my money was all in one deal. So I could only do one deal at a time. And if it was a six month rehab, you know, I wasn't getting paid until, you know, that's when I added on wholesaling, you know, I'd be listening to podcasts while I was uh, working at the, the project. And I'd be like, okay, you know, I don't have the money today, because my money's tied up in this project, but I know how to find a good deal. And I can hustle. And so, okay, so I just need to get better at finding deals. And then I can sell that, those opportunities to other people. All right, great. So I added in that. Um, that so that was a skill set that, that I added in. But then I was getting really good at finding deals. And then there was a few wholesale deals that I, I should have, like I should have taken them down. I should have worked harder to find the capital. And so that's when, when I hit that wall of the frustration where I was like, this is not building well. This is just the rat race, right? It's just the rat race. This is just a glorified job with a salary. So, but I'm not building the wealth, which was the whole reason I was attracted to real estate. It was not because I wanted a really cool job. No, it was because I wanted to build wealth. So um, that's when I learned how to start um, funding deals. And so I learned about two main methods. And to date, apart from starting off using the home equity line of credit, these are the only two methods that I use to date and have used um, for the various deals that I've done. It is creative financing. So this is utilizing the seller or the financing that's already in place to get the deal done. And then secondly, it is utilizing private money from everyday individuals who want to put their money to work. And so private money and creative financing are the two main ways that I finance um, all my deals today and have financed the majority of my deals since once I had to get past using that line of credit, utilizing my capital um, and the limits that I had with that. So that that's that skill set, those skill sets I've really had to open up.
0: So I get this question a lot. It's following your the build on your skill sets because you went from flipping to wholesaling. Those are things you can... If, you're, if you have the mind to do it, you can do it on your own and you don't have to use other people's funding. But when you start bringing in creative financing and being able to provide opportunity to other people, so I don't, I don't like to say raise money or raise capital because it's like you're asking for something. You're not. You're providing an opportunity. So once you learned how to do that, once you learned that you know, people want to invest in you, you got to take that next step. So before we move into the mindset piece, cause I'm really interested in this. Could you give us a little story about how you creative financed one sort of your deals? Sure. Um, so I can, I can speak to one of the early days or I can talk
1: to you about how I'm doing one right now. Ooh, let's talk about right now. Okay. Um, so I am buying a brand new primary residence. Uh, it's not brand new in the sense of new construction, but, um, so for a while I've been looking to, to get a new house for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the challenge to myself was that I was going to have to buy it creatively. Uh, I just wanted to be able to do that. Um, awesome. so, um, so as I believe, you know, someone who solves problems in real estate problems come across my table all the time. And so, uh, a while back, a problem came across, um, my desk of a, a local seller in the area who had a prob- um, problem. wanted to know their options i went there walked the property and now we're set to close here in the next two weeks um this will be the next residence that i live in um it is a live-in fixer-upper and thank thanks to the irs um and some benefits that they have in place that if i live in it for a short period of time afterwards i can if i do sell it there will be a tax-free um a portion of that will be tax-free um up to 250,000 for an individual or 500,000 for a couple. Um, so what it is, is I'm buying a single family home. It's a four bedroom house uh, on an acre out in the country. And it does need some work. It's very livable. It just needs some updating and needs a new roof, some stuff like that. All very doable. And um, the owners, um, you know, in the beginning they really didn't open up and say exactly what their problems were. But as I built a relationship with them, as they realized that I was someone who they could get to know, could get to like and to, to trust, they wanted to do business with me. They explained that they were behind on their mortgage and that they um, they could pay to catch up, but they would then struggle to sell the house to anyone because of the the, the roof and some other things like that. It wouldn't sell to a normal buyer. Um, So I am actually buying it, taking over the mortgage subject to the existing mortgage that's in place. And um, so then I will be making those payments and then I will be able to tap into the equity, but also tap into any future appreciation I create by pinning on the new roof and updating the bathrooms and stuff like that.
0: That is fantastic. And I love this little, not little, this big nugget you just dropped because so many investors that I talk to, we always talk about like the buildings we're taking down, the commercial properties we're taking down, the flips, the wholesales, all of that stuff. But we don't ever really talk about how we're creative financing or taking down our own primary residence, which we all have something and we either rent, we either have bought, we have something happening. And just the fact that you're using what you've learned to get your primary residence, this gives, I think this gives a lot of us investors, not only hope, but some a little bit of information and permission to do it for ourselves as well. We help and solve problems for other people, but why not ourselves? So now let's jump a little bit into the mindset piece. How did you jump from the single family flipping mindset to now you are in large multifamily and commercial? What was that jump like and how did you do it?
1: You know, this is excellent. Um, so a huge part of that has been education because you have to expose yourself to the world that exists out there, right? Either the people that you come in contact with, the books that you read, the podcasts you listen to, Um all of that, it can expose you to what is out there. And I don't like to limit myself to the the four corners of where I live, right? I like, you know, I love to read books. I love to network like crazy. Um, so I actually, I started the the Real Estate Investment Association in my area. I started one back in 2018, not because I was an expert because I was just a few years in, but, but I knew that I could could help fill a void in my community by creating a place that was pre-attend and people weren't you know, really pitching or anything like that. And I could just bring in local and regional experts and kind of like a place to talk shop, but also learn. And as that has grown, I've gotten to be exposed to more. And you know, as I've listened to more podcasts and, and read more books, I started learning that in hindsight, I understood more what happened at my job with the marina. Because while I was there, I just, I kind of felt, you know, shafted because I wasn't getting paid. I felt like I wasn't being valued, you know, the the emotion of the moment. But in hindsight, if I dissected it as a case study, um, you know, I, I did an asset turnaround. And as I started understanding what that was, I started realizing how powerful that could be if you actually took it out into these real estate streets. And so as I started doing these single family properties and things like that, by understanding, um, the, I started getting induced to the world of commercial and I used to think, oh, you know, banks won't touch me, uh, you know, cause I'm self-employed or this, that, and the other. I felt like I, in the beginning, I felt like my mindset was, oh, I can't do X, Y, Z. Well, what does Kiyosaki teach us? It's not, I can't afford something. It's how can I afford it? And so in learning that I started saying, Hey, well, how can I take what I learned in that job kind of unexpectedly like stumbled into, how can I start learning how to do that for something that would benefit me? And as I started learning how to create opportunities for other people with money, I said, okay, well, why can't we just take the way that we're solving problems for people with single family homes and land and trailers and things like that? Why can't we solve problems for people in the commercial world? And uh, it was through that education and that exposure that I started to say, hey, there's space for me, there's a place for me in that space too.
0: There is a place for me in that space too. I love your story, Courtney. Before I let you go, before, <sighs> what is one amazing things, I know you have so much to share, What is one amazing thing that you can give to people that are in your position? Maybe they're in a job that they don't think appreciates them. Maybe they are just starting in real estate, but they don't have the mindset needed to take that level up. What can you tell them that only you can tell them that will get them or help them to take that next step?
1: Absolutely. So say, get out of your own way. You know, self-awareness is very potent and powerful, but understand um, the sky is the limit if you let it be and most people don't let it be right so uh, one of my mentors who will never know my name Jim Rohn um, he talks about how you know a formal education will make you a living but self you know self education will make you a fortune and so expose yourself to more things network I build networking into my calendar like crazy because I have built allies like and other people. And it has exposed me to so much more. And so, by doing that, what it has done is it has helped me see like a path forward where my goals, where I'm wanting to go with my goals by getting to, to learn more about what is possible and the skill sets needed. It has helped me to up my game as far as my mindset and my, my self limiting beliefs. And then it has helped me find the ways to get those skill sets so I can get closer. To my goals because at the end of the day, I can learn, 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 but if i 'm not taking action, what use is that that i 'm learning so you know wherever you 're at, look, I just told this to my niece who's sixteen years old whatever she just started her first official job I said, whatever you do i don 't care if you 're a barista or you know whatever you 're doing, wherever you go, go learn a skill set wherever you 're at right now in life, walk away don 't let that season of life be so mundane that you write it off no what can you get I could have written that job off and just be like I can't wait till this next season of life no while I was in it I showed up in the present moment I gave my all in that moment and that is where I was able to extract a skill set that has made me a significant amount on the back end now once I added in you know more education with it so So don't forget that, that wherever you're placed right now can be a season where you can also get a skill set, even if it doesn't look like it's the right fit. Um, It can come very unexpectedly. It's how you show up in the moment. It's how you give yourself and it's how
0: you 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 let that opportunity be the gift that it's trying to be. I love it. Let that opportunity be the gift that it is trying to be. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me today. If my listeners want to get a hold of you, and I know they do, how can they reach you? Sure thing. So if you go to Courtney10k.com, you
1: can see all of the different links. Those links are everything from my social media channels to the YouTube channel that's free for everyone of the RIA events that I put on down in Louisiana. Um, Check me out on Instagram. You've heard these stories, but you can actually see what I'm up to on a
0: day-to-day basis on my Instagram channel. It's at Courtney Fricke. Courtney, thank you so very much. You have been so amazing. And to my listeners out there, thank you. I am so grateful to you for listening. So much aloha, so much peace, so much love. Aloha.